Welcome once again to the Irish NFL Podcast, brought to you in association with the42.ie. I'm Mark Cochran, a very, very pleasantly happy Patriots fan, looking forward to this episode, Super Bowl week, and I'm joined as always by my glum Giants friend, Brian O'Leary. Good evening, Mark. And my sullen Steelers friend, Gordon Bridgefield. Mark, how are you? How are you? I will try to be bearable, guys, but I am excited. It is Super Bowl. The New England Patriots are back in the Super Bowl once again. Um, you might have heard this story before. It's been run only about eight times in the last uh, 17 years. And they're actually going to be engaged in a rematch, a rematch of the Super Bowl 39 against the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, gents, how did we get here? How did this all happen yet again? I don't know how we got here. Well, I especially don't know how we got here with the Philadelphia Eagles as a number one seed initially. And then for them to... Become all of a sudden the underdogs. and Survived the loss of Carson Wentz. Survived the loss of their best um, left tackle. Survived the loss yeah. of the, uh, their best linebacker. And Johnson, yeah. It just shows again that American football is why we love it. It's the, it's the sport of hope. You know, each team, every year, the Rams are one of the worst teams last year. They're one of the best teams this year. The Eagles, I was going to what we had in terms of se- uh, season previews. I got, I got the Eagles and I said... It's hard to believe they'll do any do much better than they did in 2017. I predict eight and eight. Well, they were 13 and three. They were four seed, and in the Super Bowl, I didn't see that one coming. But you say it's the game. Of, it's the game of hope. I mean, this year Jaguars make an AFC Championship game. Uh, the Bills, unbelievably, made the playoffs yet again. I mean, Gordo, there's hope for them all. There's hope that the Patriots dynasty will be destroyed this weekend, surely. Yeah, it, it was interesting. Pro Football Talk put out the article headline: Jeffrey Lowrie didn't blink at backup quarterback money. Uh, and it's because when you actually, I didn't realize the money that they invested in Nick Foles, but essentially it was seven million guaranteed, and then the five million to get Chase Daniel off the the book. So twelve million they sunk into their backup quarterback, just for this reason. To to literally, and, and Jeff Laurie says he wouldn't consider him a backup quarterback for that sort of money. And it's true, and that's that's huge money to be paying for your number two to come in. Well, you look where the Eagles were two years ago. I mean, Harry Ro- Harry Roseman has had to flip the entire. Staff after the decimation that Chip Kelly yeah. left behind, and yeah. Chip Kelly was ten and six in two years, but there was team mutiny there, and the whole team was disgruntled, and they got rid of him. They, they've revamped, um, they've revamped the whole locker room, and again, like even in the NFL world, you don't necessarily have to be patient because they've done that within two years. Two yeah, years yeah. they're in the Super Bowl, and uh, as I said, even this season they've lost their MVP when he went out against the Rams away. We were all pretty much saying, okay, they'll they still must make be the done. Pl- they must be done. They're still going to make the playoffs because they were so far ahead in the division. Then they lost their left tackle. They lost their best linebacker, and even going into the playoffs, they didn't. Uh, we were so we were so high and confident on the the Vikings. Probably we got carried away with the whole uh, Saints game and, and the way that game ended. And then they've gone in, and we've all predicted the Vikings to win, and they've literally blown them out. Well, it's a good point you make though, because I know we can focus obviously on Houston. They lost to Sean Watson and JJ Watt, two of their superstars. I, I outside of them, I was talking to a friend the other week, and I said, look, the Patriots were snaked in with injuries. They lost Edelman. They lost Hightower, but the Eagles were worse. Like, I mean, at least the Patriots never lost Brady for a considerable period of time. Wentz is the, the, the franchise there. And certainly the first few games after Foles came in, it looked like it was going to be a, a long and misty road. 15-10 scraping by with a kind of almost college-style RPO spread offense. Well, that's it. They, play, they played conservative for, him for that first game, essentially. They may try to make it as easy as possible uh, for Nick Foles. And then, uh, we, I think we said this, went into the next game and just said, here... Go on out there and let let it fly. Yeah, but I mean, it was so unexpected because even in the last game against the Cowboys, he played for the first half and did nothing. He, you know, he really didn't perform in the regular season. And thirty-eight-seven against the Minnesota Vikings, 
and that amazing defense uh, was certainly unexpected, to say the least. I think I think it was uh, uh, Doug uh, Peterson came out and said he was warmed up by that stage. You know, it took him, and you got to admit, like when you're a backup quarterback, you don't get. They were saying they don't even get reps in training. You get literally maybe two, three reps a day, like n- not enough yeah. to practice. So that when he came in, it took that game. Those extra, now they're lucky enough that they were able to scrape through against the Falcons. But by the time he got to the Vikings, he had had so much reps. Just apparently his connection with the the offense has finally uh, clicked. And I do think the Falcons game has been lost in all of this because they played so well against the Vikings two weeks ago to get into the Super Bowl and everybody's so high. And as we've seen as the weeks gone on, even the line within the bookmakers went out initially five and a half. To start Six and a half and they brought it back down to four and a half. And yeah. Just talking about being down to three by Sunday because all the money's gone on the Eagles. I think everybody's getting carried away so much with this win against the Vikings that they're forgetting the difficulty which they had in, in getting past a a very weary Falcons team who went to LA, won that game, came back to Atlanta, travelled back up to Philadelphia, and if it wasn't for some dubious play calling at the end, the Falcons may have won that game. And look, yeah, they've been branded with the underdog tag, and they've, they've, they've enjoyed that because no one's given them a chance, and they've gone on and won the games. But I'm still not getting too high on them, and it's easy for me to probably say that as a Giants fan, but you look <laughs> on the other side and who they're up against, in, you're up against one of the most experienced teams in terms of how to manage the, how to manage the game. But let's, before we turn to the Patriots, I mean, you mentioned Harry Roseman and giving him credit, Get, mentioning Foles and stepping up, particularly in the last game, but let's see if he keeps consistent. Doug Peterson, surely he deserves a massive congratulations in relation to not only what he's done with the roster, but what he's done with the team this year, the offensive calling, the co- the head coach, and he waited for his opportunity, you know, and well, he seems to be delivering, certainly, if you're a Philly fan. It, bizarrely enough, he wasn't even the first choice, and scary enough, McAdoo was the first choice. And obviously that's where the Giants kept him and made him head coach. And they went and got Peterson from the Chiefs. Um, yeah. There's an argument that he was going to be very similar in terms of when he went in because he'd worked for Andy Reid and Andy Reid knew the background and said, yeah, that's the right place for you to go. So, yeah, but I think we didn't see this come. But yeah, he's done a fantastic job this year. Really has. Yeah, I, I, I think the biggest thing is that the uh, it's the respect that he shows the players, apparently. He puts a lot of ownership on the players to turn up and perform. Uh, and then also, it seems he was, uh, Peter King of the MMQB did a kind of spent a day with him or a morning with him and left his house. I think it was like five in the morning. Gone hunt, hunt, sh- uh, shooting and stuff like that. Yeah, it was just a strange one. But again, yeah. but apparently the night before he'd had to go to an event, was invited up. He's like, no, no, we've got to go back to the office now, do another three hours work. And this was the week before the week of the Super Bowl. He was dropping the puck of the Philly Flyers game. That was it. And he dropped the puck and then was invited up to the suite to meet people and he left to work on the game plan. Because he left to go back and do it over three hours that night. The the thing about Peterson is, and it gets overlooked because you don't remember him being a player. But of course, he was a perennial uh, backup. I mean, he was Favre's backup for a number of years. Um, I think it was the MMQB, but I read it this week about the story about he was on the golf course with Brett Favre when he got the call about his dad dying. And he was there with Longwell, who was the kicker at the time, the punter at the time. Right, Longwell. And Deanna Favre rang him because Brett never has his phone on him, which, you know, apart from the time in the Jets, I think uh, he, he learned the use of a mobile phone there. Um, but but anyway, he, you know, he's telling that whole story and telling about the admiration he had for Brett Favre and what he went through and kind of learning almost to be a coach, sitting on the sidelines watching these great quarterbacks. Um it's fascinating, and he certainly seems to make the game easier for his quarterbacks and his OC, uh, you know, in the way he calls the games. And I also think, um, from an Eagles fan's perspective, Jim Schwartz on the defensive side isn't getting the credit that Peterson's getting. And that's probably fine. He's probably happy with that. He was a coach in the Lions. He was a bit of a disruptive head, man, uh, head coach at the time. People didn't think he'd get back into the league as a head coach, but he's certainly taken that opportunity to go to Philadelphia and prove, well, I may not be a head coach material, but I certainly am one of the best defensive coordinators in the league. The front four, 
But it's not the front four, it's the front seven, the yep. front eight. Like they, they have so much depth and rotation there. But it was all about the front four at the start of the season, whether that front four could do enough to plug the holes in, in the secondary. But the yep. secondary stepped up. You even see that um, pick six against the Vikings in the championship game. It was fantastic. Well, fantastic play and a fantastic run back in that, you know, yep. which really turned the tide. Keenum had come out, 7 0 up, rolling, stopped the Eagles, and you get that pick six, and, you know, yep. the Eagles were on their way. I agree. I, I think we're now season preview. When we were talking about the Eagles, I had said, look, you, I'm worried about their front seven. Their front seven looks good. Brandon Graham and all the players there. Chris Long's going to get some limited snaps and be a more aggressive scheme than he played with the Patriots. But that secondary, can it hold up? And they've made, obviously, a trade to hopefully shore up the secondary, particularly against people like Bryant and Odell Beckham Jr. in their, their division. But fully agree, Brian. They've more yeah. than stepped up. They've excelled themselves, and it's but a very good defense. I think the big thing about the the cap space, even for the Eagles, apparently the majority of their money on defense is invested in that front seven. That's where they put all their money. And I think one of the big things we've discussed is if that front seven can, I suppose, disrupt Brady, brilliant. I think that's how they'll get to the Patriots. But if Brady keeps that front seven on the field long enough to tire them so that they're not always out there. But, that's, but that's, you see, that's the I, I don't think he can do that because yeah. in the Jacksonville AFC Championship game, it's Calais Campbell, it's Malik, you know, it's Malik Jackson, it's the same four, and eventually they tire out. Against the Falcons last year in the Super Bowl, 99 snaps on offense. It was the same front. Grady Jarrett got eventually tired out. The Eagles, and Brian's alluded to the D-line, the, the front four, they have seven, eight, nine players that interchange on that front four without losing quality. Graham doesn't play all the snaps. Chris Long certainly doesn't play all the snaps. And all the other guys, Mikhail Kendricks, other people you haven't heard of, they won't tire out simply because they'll be on the different series and the rotation. Yeah. So all the stats, and there's these great stats, if you're a Pats fan about, they're 53-3 and three in the fourth quarter in the last X number of playoff games. I don't see that coming into fruition in the same way, and I don't see the fatigue factor as being a much level. I mean, Did if I'm being honest, I'm terrified about the front lines. I think the Eagles' D-line has an advantage over the Pats' O-line, and I think the Eagles' O-line has an advantage over the Pats' If Fletcher Cox can get one-on-one with the centre, he will just cause Brady hassle. A, a, a night's pain. Hassle really isn't, isn't the right word. True. Pain. True. Pain, I think. Yeah, the rotation thing, they've even kind of compared it back to the Giants 2007, because Spags did that continuously for the whole game. He literally rotated, rotated for four quarters, because Brady... You know, he said if, if they play against the same from four, from seven, it'll, for the whole he'll tire them out. He'll tire them out. And that's, again, but it was one of the things that even touched on NFL Network last night, continuous rotating throughout the game. Will make Brady, a very, have Brady a very difficult evening. Yeah, not looking forward to that idea. Not looking forward to that idea. Um, yeah, I look, I, I must admit, I, when I look through the Philadelphia team, as a neutral, not, not neutral in any way, shape, form, but trying to be neutral... Uh, it is still the complete team. It's, they've been the best team, as, as well as Minnesota. I think that, that was a real interesting battle. Uh, and the Saints. The NFC have had the more complete teams in terms of balance on offense and defense. But I look through it, I don't see a weakness necessarily in the secondary. I definitely don't see a weakness in their front seven, particularly not their front D-line. On offense, uh, special teams, they've been consistent. The rookie kicked the amazing 62-yarder against the uh, Giants, Giants in Week 3, yeah. uh, you know, which Scott, was... Winning guards of Charles. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but it was an amazing play, an amazing kick. Um, and and I, I, on, I think they have one of the most consistent tight ends in the game. I well, think, well that's what I was going to turn to. On offense, they have a multiple of offense. I mean, they've, they've Zach Ertz, who I think is a star in the making. <laughs> they have a run game. They have an intermediate pass game. They have a, a deep pass game. You know, they've got it all there if Foles 
stands that the is test the big of time. If. That is the big if. Yeah. Um, I think um, I think the interesting one. I, I can't don't hold me to this. I was watching one of the um, uh, the highlights of Eagles games there. I think Nick Foles threw uh, Zach Ertz his first ever touchdown in Zach Ertz's rookie year. I need to double check that one, put out on tweet, but I think that was one of the ones as well because people are just. Oh, saying, the year he went twenty-seven and two. Yeah, I think I think, think you could be right. I think I think that's what I saw he this went week. On something there, yeah. But it was just the the combo between the two of them because like is even uh, Earths with Wentz. It just seems when a quarterback's got a really good relationship with one of your tight ends, especially a receiving tight end, like it's what Brady has with Gronk. It just makes all the difference because it's your go-to guy when you can't get down the field deep. You know, but I think that's where the Pats were plugged it take your out of the game but they actually have a, a great backup tight ends uh, Trey Burton as well like they've got I was just about to say they've got Trey Burton there as well I mean we're going back to the Philly days when they used to have Brett Selleck there in relation to him he's still it, hanging around yeah him. exactly so yeah. I mean you think about it that's three tight ends he's hunting to for the first touchdown on Sunday Selleck that's yeah. a nostalgic bet more so than a realistic bet I don't know if it's necessarily that nostalgic if you think about in the red zone, who are the Pats going to be worried about? They're going to be worried about Ertz. They're going to be worried about Aglor. Smith. Smith. Well, not Smith in the red zone as yeah. much. I mean, he's a deep threat. But, you know, another a second or third tight end leaking Fake out there. Fake handoff. Yeah, something like that. You, you're going to get inventive down there, surely. So uh, yeah, maybe that's an interesting. Lots of interesting prop bets on this, actually. Yeah, very much so. Um, you know, lots of interesting. You're saying about the first touchdown scorer. And, uh, you know... I mean, who who are you on? I mean, what's your fancy in terms of a couple of the better? We'll, we'll talk obviously about betting later on as well. But um, I think uh, Blunt at twenty to one is heavily overpriced for a running back who has scored first touchdowns in quite a number of games this season and in the playoffs as well. Um, former Patriots, so he'd be well up for it. And if they get into red zone again, look, it's all very depending on who gets the ball first and then they have a good drive. But if if it's a goal line stand and and they're going to be handing it off, who are they going to be handing it off to? Blunt at twenty to one, that's a good bet and. Yeah, because they tended still to focus him in the red zone yeah. over a joy. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And look, they've, as much as we say they've had a great run game, they've had to take, bring a joy in during the season, which was a, probably a very good trade now in, in hindsight. But um, they did have their problems. They weren't consistent enough on the run game. And a joy, I wouldn't say he's been fantastic, but he's, he's, I suppose it, it allows them to kind of mix it up with three different um, running backs in, in yeah. the background. Uh, Tom Brady's, just out of curiosity, last rushing touchdown. In the regular season, I think he got one in the postseason, but I need it. Last rushing touchdown in the regular season. I was trying to think of it the other day because he's from 40, 45, 50 to one for the first touchdown. He's forty-five to one. His last rushing touchdown in the regular season was against the Eagles in twenty fifteen. So yeah. he's forty-five to one for that. I, I've seen a quick a uh, Brady, Brady sneak. Not, yeah. not even a sneak. I've seen you know four yard line, nobody coming open, deciding to go for it and yeah. struggling over line like a. I like I like Zach Hurts for the first touchdown. Um, but sixteen to one is it? Seventeen to two, yeah. Yeah, seventeen to two. Yeah, it's decent enough. Yeah, I think I think it's a really nice one. The other one is uh, who's to throw the first interception uh, and I think that's Brady I think that's Brady at 6-5 to five. well uh, of course this is Brady's 8th Super Bowl and in the last 7 he still has not scored a point in the first quarter the Patriots have never scored any points in the first quarter of uh, their Do you their, take the, uh, Super Bowl did they take Brady. the ball first Patriots normally no oh, no they, they don't if they win the toss, they'll defer yeah. and they'll try and get the double score around half time. Yeah, and then the, the back end, then the second no, half starts. They would have, they lost the toss to Jags, but they, I think they would have taken the ball regardless because they wanted to get ahead of Bortles in that AFC Championship game. Um, one thing I was noting, again, just while we're talking on the, the, the betting a little bit, there's a few uh, player performance doubles with Paddy Power. I think there's a bit of value to be had, which is, uh, for example, Brady to throw 28 times and Patriots to win. 
uh, 28 plus passes. Sorry, it's complete 28 plus passes. Complete. Complete. Is 12 to 5. So I think it's adding, yeah, but I mean, it's New England Patriots to win without the spread. So it's adding value to the. the well, that's if what, you that's think the Pats are going to win, you, you go think it's going to be on him. You go in with an anytime double, they win the game at anytime touchdown score. So you'd be looking at your running backs, such as Burkhead, Lewis, White, because running the middle is one of them is going to score a touchdown. So you pick the right one. Yeah, and White tends to be the postseason scorer. Danny Amadola has made me money every playoff game in the last while in terms of yards. Um, if he got more than 50-plus receiving yards and Patriots won, it's 9-5. to five. So, again, you up in the odds to 2-1, to one, which roughly, which makes it a bit more value for you there. Um, if we turn our attention briefly, and we'll talk about the matchups against each other a bit more, but briefly to the AFC side then, and the defending Super Bowl champions, the New England Patriots. Well, the, big, the big question is Gronkowski, isn't it? You know he's going to play. Well, he's declared himself fit, but again, we've we kind of discussed myself, Brian, privately. Is in if he does play, it's a farce. That whole protocol, concussion protocol. Absolutely not. No, it definitely no. is. Gordon, you're just saying it to annoy me. And there are players that have gone through the concussion protocol no. in one week. There are players that have cleared out of the six New England Patriots players that had concussion declared during the season. Four of them during the year missed a week and were back for the following week. So the stats are actually well in favour of the fact with the two-week grace period, Gronkowski, and of course you don't know how the head reacts and the concussion reacts, will yeah. be fine for it. But it, it. I think when the Seattle Seahawks put Russell Wilson in or the Carolina Panthers don't take Cam Newton out, that's what makes a mockery of the concussion the, protocol. It was the interesting one, though, because we haven't got to talk about it since the last podcast was Rich Sherman came out and said, that's not a dirty hit, um, that hit that was on Gronkowski, because the, the question was, well, which would you prefer, someone to go high in you or someone to go low in you? Um, and everyone has come out and said you'd rather someone hit you in the head than hit you in the legs. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't really get too worried about the whole whether it was a dirty hit or not. I thought it was the type of hit you see in an NFL game, in a championship game where a player's gone down the field. You've got to go in and make it. Make it yeah, but like, it's a penalty. It's yeah. a helmet. Oh, no, no, yeah. Of course, but I'm just saying it's not like, oh my God, he really went to take him out of the game. It was oh, no, no, no. It was a hard hit. He was going for it in relation to it. It was a clear penalty. It was a clear concussion. And Gronk had to come people out of the game. Too carried away because Sherman came in very quickly with a, with yeah. a tweet at half time. And then all of a sudden that became the main talking point rather than the game itself. It's going to be very interesting whether or not, um, uh, if Gronkowski does play, that first 50 50 ball that he goes up for is in. He's going to have one eye on that man that's coming in to hit him. Look, I think Gronk is, will definitely play. He played with one leg in the Super Bowl against the Giants one year. He's, he's one arm as well, yeah. He um, still only has one arm at this rate. Just on Gronk, and we're just talking about the betting, if he does play and he has the game of his life, which I still think he could have a game of his life, 20 to 1 to be the MVP. Bear in mind Brady's like odds on. You're going to get no value there. 20 to 1 Gronk. Like he's bound to be a lead. Well, I, t- I tell you, the, the MVP one that got me was um, on the Patriots side. Trey Flowers... Is three hundred to one, defensive side of the ball. Defensive side of the ball. Now, I mean, Let's if if the Patriots made a performance on the defensive side, he's the only player on the interior him. defense that would. Uh, it's worth two euros. Well, chuck like, it yeah, on. Yeah, you know? agree. And if you're looking at if you're looking for a really good defensive player, if the Eagles are w- going to win, I think we'd all agree it has to be defensively. As much as we're all saying, I, th- I tend to agree. It's yeah, likely to be on the Fletcher defense. Fletcher Cox is fifty to one for the MVP. So yeah. to me, that's more of a realistic shout. Yeah, I get the value and all where you're coming from. But, but you're saying Fletcher Cox, couple of sacks, forced fumble, maybe you know, fourth tackles elsewhere, we, two tackles for we loss. All know yeah. is if Falls has a good game, yes. But if the Eagles, if the Eagles don't uh, perform defensively and it becomes a high-scoring game, realistically, you just know who's going to win out in the end. 
Well, I mean, we turned our attention back to the AFC Championship game briefly to just say another chapter in the Brady-Belichick story and, and, you know, another chapter in amazing comebacks in the fourth quarter. Um, yes, it was the Jaguars. Yes, their play calling in the third and fourth quarter wasn't exactly inspired. And <clears throat> the, the defense seemed to just tee up on it's going to be run first down, pass second down. They're going to be in third and long. Let's just lock them down. But the thir- like, to, to allow that third, got- third and 18 was just... Oh, to to be honest, it's funny as a Pats fan watching it. I was like, okay, this is like this is like the third and thirteen against Seattle. This yeah. is like the third and eight, sorry, third and eight against Seattle. Third and thirteen against the the Falcons. This is the one you've got to have. This is Brady in his end zone in the Super Bowl before. If you get this, we've got a shot because it's Brady yeah. because of the Patriots. And as soon as he let fly and Amadola took that, I was yeah. Pretty pretty damn fired up, to be honest with you. It was like, you know, let's Amandola, go. Amandola didn't have the greatest start of the games. He dropped one or two passes in the first quarter and, or in the, and second quarter. I think the big thing in the Jags was if you watch the sound effects that's up on NFL for it and you listen to the sideline and that young secondary that is the Jags, like there, there's a lot of yapping at each other because the intensity starts to drop and it, it just showed that although they are quality, quality defense, just they don't have the experience. But Ramsey in particular... Yeah. All season long. If you go back, if you go back to the uh, the incident he had with AJ Green from the Bengals, where the rev kicked yeah. off, and as the yeah. season went on, he kept coming out with statements game after game. He doesn't adhere you to, oh look, he's a great cornerback because and he is, but the way he goes and presents himself isn't what we want to see as NFL fans, in my opinion. And as much as I didn't want the Patriots to win the game, there's a part of me that was saying, you know what, take that, you know, you know, you're only a young lad. You know, relax yeah, 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 you need to learn a bit. Yeah. But, but I mean, it's a bit heartbreaking for the Jags. Uh, Calais Campbell, again, is just but a animal. a proper player. That yeah. is a proper player. I mean, uh, I, I was talking to Brian about this uh, of, uh, the other day when we were talking about the AFC Championship game. There's a play when the Pats got the ball back on the 30-yard line. They're absolutely rolling. They've only got 30 yards to go. They can kick the field goal now. Screen pass for 15 yards. Amendola gets the diving catch. Brady sneaks from two yards out that I could have called from the TV, but the Jags didn't seem prepared for. And James White, they're lined up in a way. I'm screaming at the telly, obviously delighted, going, this is going to be a pass. This is going to be a handoff. I was doing my best Tony Romo impression. This is going to be a handoff, and he's going to run behind left tackle. And it was as clear as you like. And Calais Campbell comes from the other side of the line, strips past his, his man, runs the back of the O-line and somehow gets to White. He was the only person that could have made a play. And I just look at it and go, what a play. And he comes out with three or four of them. Um, Miles Jack hit the road jack on the flea flicker, the idea that he managed to sprint back 40 yards after being completely fooled and at least contest the catch. And, of course, the amazing strip he did on Lewis. And it would, look, Unbelievable it, players it would, there. It wouldn't be a, a Patriots game we still got without Brady. us talking about officials. So, yeah, some, so some, some really awful play calling that day dubious. as well. Some dubious. Well, that one... That one, like, it was a killer for the Jags because, look, we've been saying all the time, just let the play run its course. Yeah. Let the play run its course. If it's not a fumble, like in the league, I'm not talking about that particular game, yeah, I'm yeah. talking about all season long where there's a fumble or there's a, and it, it turns out to be a fumble because it's, re- it's reviewed and all the rest, but because they whistled it down, the play, you should just let the play go, let the play progress, and nothing comes of it because that was a pick six. Well, not pick six, it was a fumble. It was a fumble recovery that would have been going, They were going the right direction. Whether they got pushed out of end zone, they were. Oh, he, was, he, he was. He was in for a touchdown. He was in for a touchdown. And it was in for a touchdown, but it still wasn't a fumble. So, anyway. Well, that's a difference of opinion. So, it is a difference of opinion. And they did review it and they decided that it was a fumble. But, you know, we're looking forward, not back, guys. I'm not going to listen to nonsense about the officials. The Patriots still I'm were just, the better team. I, I made the point season long. 
season long same referees blowing up for decisions I'm not just talking about that I know you know I know you know um, it, it, it is funny though I saw uh, ESPN uh, article uh, yesterday and they were talking about Goodell now saying we have to review what a catch is we, we have to review what a catch is because there's been a number of controversies about it and in the ESPN article of course the worldwide leader of sports they literally say Goodell is keen to review what a contested catch is and everything uh, he's called together wide receivers, coaches, etc. Uh, this is particularly in light of the Week 15 game where there was a contested catch with Jesse James losing the ball as he went to the ground for the Philadelphia, uh, sorry, Pittsburgh Steelers against the Patriots. And I went, that's not the only call of the entire bloody season but it was probably in relation it was to probably a catch. In terms of how the season progressed and that being a number one seed game, that's the biggest one. Yeah, yeah. but you're, yeah, it's not the only one, but it's the one that made the decision I, I, th- that shall we say, the spike doesn't happen or the fake spike doesn't happen because if that was a touchdown. But, it, but I mean, that's the thing. With the rules, it wasn't a touchdown. Yeah, yeah. With the rules the way it is, I, I have a horrible oh. sinking feeling that the Patriots have been on the right side of a few rule calls, like with the tuck yeah. rule so before, you, but particularly this season. No, I've correctly decided rules, but we've certainly had the rub of the green in terms of, so, Jesus, yeah. that was close, but it was correct. I, I've got a bad feeling in the Super Bowl we're going to get one that goes against I just, us. I just don't understand it on the officials once we get to the conferences, the playoffs... They do what, the all-star teams. It makes no sense. It doesn't it work at all. It makes no sense. And this is the problem with the NFL is they will not admit that they have made a fuck-up because it just doesn't work. You've got, play, you've got guys going... They've made better. a slight mistake, I think. No, I, say. I'll say it as it is. Um, but yeah, look, we'll move on and talk about the big one, Mark. I think it's important we discuss it. The Pro Bowl, your favourite game of no, the year. No, no. No? I'd rather defecate my hands and clap. <laughs> It was absolutely uh, deplorable. It was. Uh, I I watched the first five minutes and I was and like, was off. Oh, it was shocking. Yeah. I, I, took the, I took a dog. I took the dog for now, a walk. To be honest, <laughs> I, <laughs> the, was, the dog could have played in it. Yeah, it was. Um, it was a really, really poor one. But I was listening to the um, the Browns left tackle uh, Thomas Joe Thomas. Joe Thomas has set up his own podcast. Not saying people should go listen to it, but it's called the Tomahawk. With um, Tomahawk. it's with the former wide receiver. Uh, I can't, one second here I should get his name for you now so it's Andrew Hawkins Andrew, oh, yeah, yeah, Andrew yeah, Hawkins yeah, yeah. and Joe Who, Thomas yeah. and it's actually brilliant because again they talk about like more what the players would talk about but they brought up the Pro Bowl and Joe, Joe Thomas was just like you don't go there to play you go there it used to be because it was in Hawaii yeah, uh, and now he's just kind of saying it's in Orlando. Nobody wants to play in it. It just makes no sense. Although no state tax, so that's something useful. Yeah, yeah. Sixty-four, uh, sixty-four k if you won, and twenty-two k if you lost. Handy a few quid, isn't it? For a game nobody even cares about. No. Now I will admit they, they they've turned it into the, the skills challenge and stuff that you watch. That that's entertaining. But yeah, the actual Pro Bowl itself was. I think some defensive player from the Ravens made an actual hit, and everyone kind of looked at him, kind of going, "What are you doing?" They just do away with saying it's. Uh, they, I, ju- they just don't know what to do it because it used to be on the week after Super Bowl and that was even worse because by then everybody's completely nobody lost interest cared. nobody cared I, I must admit I haven't I, I watched about five seconds of it and I flicked on and Ben Roethlisberger literally as I flicked on through uh, Inception to Harrison Smith who ran it back and you look at the effort being expended on it and you're just kind of going alright and I went on to Twitter about five minutes later and there was somebody talking about yeah a couple of really punishing blocks opening mm. up the path back like yeah. they're hugging each other I'm sorry, it's not football. It, look, it is nice maybe to see Drew Brees throw a touchdown to mm. Calvin Johnson as he did in previous years or Roethlisberger get to play you, with great you, players as do well. You, uh, do you know who Joe Thomas said was one of the better players to be at the Pro Bowl with? Peyton Manning. Apparently Peyton Manning loved an old beer by the pool 
a few Mai Tais and everything. He, apparently, he was the best crack out of everyone that goes to the He likes a good sing, Sam, as well. well. Yeah, yeah. He happened in Temple Bar last, last summer. He did. Well, Peyton Manning, of course, made many, many Pro Bowls instead but of Super Bowls. I think we'll get so away from the Pro Bowl experience. and get back to the... To well, that's what I was just about to say. So, he made many Pro Bowls. Brady is back in another Super Bowl. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm going to enjoy this, guys, because I know after the next couple of years, I'm going to have 30 years of pain with a with a poor team, I'm sure. Because no fan can be that lucky, or no fan base can be that lucky. It's been an amazing dynasty, but I don't know. about I'm going to ask you guys a more neutral in relation to it. There's very much an air, and of course, it's an air with Brady being 40 and Belichick being 65. That you know, this could be the last one. McDaniel's is leaving. Patricia's leaving. Joe Judge, the special teams coordinator, may well leave as well. And it's kind of like, well, it's end of an era, last last uh, tango in Paris type of if- time. Yeah, if 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 I was Belichick again, if I was Belichick, I say it as if I'm, <laughs> I could be one of the head coaches for the Patriots. But you, after everything we've read this year, and I know Mark, you feel that none of it, there's no truth in it whatsoever. But that's that's if your you're going to say Brad, Brad Belichick's going to retire, he's not. But go on. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if he would like to maybe move and try something else with someone else because the fact is he's losing all of his coordinators. He realistically is now with a quarterback that it doesn't seem to be a quarterback that he wanted, as in he wanted Garoppolo. Simple as that for the to move on to the next generation. I'd love to see him leave. I'd love to see him take it on and try and see can he replicate what he's done with the Patriots because there is only a few more years left in it. Once Pitt, once Brady's gone, that's it for the well, Patriots. Well, they'll walk out off into the sunset together. I don't see Brady continuing without Belichick and vice versa. I think they would try to put some kind of structure in place in terms of who's going to take over because you just said McDaniel has gone to the Colts, uh, Patricia's gone to the Lions. We've had a conversation around what's the what's the backup plan there, there isn't, isn't any there but, isn't but we always felt there was in the sense that Garoppolo would stay McDaniels would take McDaniels over would stay, and there was yeah. even a report this week that McDaniels before he made that decision he went and had a conversation with Kraft and Kraft said if you stay the job is yours if you walk away I, I can't, can't promise you. I can't promise you anything because in fairness who knows three or four years down the line you don't know whether Bill Belichick's going to stay that long but if Jimmy G was still the backup quarterback like if they hadn't traded him I would be well on course with Gordon's suggestion that, you know what's going to happen? is said, win or lose, Belichick's going to retire. But before he retires, he's going to trade Brady for a couple of firsts and a couple of seconds, See, hand over the reins to Garoppolo, hand think, over the reins to McDaniels and walk off. That doesn't exist. But, so, but the, only, the only team Brady would play for is the team that Garoppolo's gone to. The 49ers. Yeah. I don't think it's, a more, it's about Belichick and when Belichick goes. I think it's more about when Brady goes. And I'm not saying that because we've had conversations on Brady's now the more domineering factor in, in the in the franchise and he gets on with Kraft and Belichick's been a bit, you know, disjointed in terms of he doesn't have full control of what's going on. It's more about Brady is your franchise quarterback. Brady's yeah. the guy who is out there making the plays. As much as it's been called on the sideline, I, I tend to steer more towards that guy is out there every season putting himself through the ringer, 40 years of age, and I don't see him retiring anytime soon because he just it's just too much of a desire to come back and win it again. For anybody that's interested in a good long read, Bill Barnell in the ESP, in the ESPN, who I was slating a minute ago, did a great article, who's the who's the more important, Brady or Belichick? And he kind of makes the point, so both have claims to be the GOAT, but can you distinguish well, the two? Well, they are and both he, GOATs in their own way because in their own one way. is a coach, one is a player. But he concludes, oh, exactly, no, let's just say both of the GOAT is a quarterback and as a coach, mm. but he concludes that, well, you still need the guy on the field Making the throws, making the plays, leading the team. So actually, he concludes it's Brady. I don't, I don't give a damn. To no, be honest I, with I, you, I th- it's been I, 18 years of fun. Long may it continue. I think it's Belichick, and I think it's because there's something that separates the pa- the Patriots from everyone else. And Hawking said it on that podcast as well. It was because he played for the Patriots, 
Um, oh, well, he was on the practice. He yeah, was on he, the uh, squad. He was in training camp this year, actually. Yeah, this year. So what he kind of said is he's been on a few teams and, you know, you'd kind of go in and different atmosphere. You walk into the Patriots and he said, it's like walking into a business, a very, very serious business because it's literally you turn up. There's no celebration. There's no having fun. The only fun that they have is at the end of the year when they've won a Super Bowl. And even when they had the fun, actually, Bill Belichick still said we're three or four weeks behind. And he said, look, he said that, he said uh, tongue-in-cheek mm-hmm. on the next day in relation to it. And Belichick, I'm sorry, they do insist upon having fun because mm-hmm. Belichick has given out when he said, look, defense made a great play. And he's given out and said, look, look at those guys. Nobody's celebrating. On the football life, which was the 2009 season that didn't go so well, he's kind of going, why isn't everyone excited and happy mm. for the team and enjoying what you're doing? Look, yes, it's work, but it's we're playing a game for a living. So, no, they do have fun and they do enjoy it, but you're, you're absolutely right. They push them as hard as they possibly can. A lot of ex-players will, will give testament to that. It, look, it could be the end of an era. It could be the last... Uh, Hurrah, um, Brady could fall off a cliff next year like Peyton Manning did, um, obviously, in the latter years yeah. of his career. But he's I still, hope well, not. He, he fell off a cliff, he's still won a football. He did, but look, actually, that's, that's the thing. I mean, if I'm Brett Belichick, do you know what my pitch to every decent defensive free agent is? It's like literally put Brady in front of them and put five or maybe six rings down in front of them and said, I've won this many, come and help me win another because now I need your help. And that's and if you're what the Broncos did. The yeah, they defense, did. Yeah. They put the yeah. defense together, and that's where it may end up in relation to it. But, they like, I mean, say you're, okay, not JJ Watt, but, you know, some very talented player. So, come play for us for a year. How could you resist a pitch like that? Say, so we'll be there. We'll be there or thereabouts. I need your help now. Jesus, this is Tom Brady saying this to me. I, I actually think it'll be a really interesting approach, and yeah. we'll see in the next draft. Well, so, it's, it's, whatever happens on Sunday. And I know we're way off next season, and it's very hard to gauge because one season is very different than the next. You'd imagine the AFC East next year will be a very competitive division because the Dolphins will... Dolphins have Tanner will back. And you've got a Bills team with a new coach that made the playoffs, and that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to come back. But you'd expect them to be in a position to attract players and free agents and say, look, we've just made, we've made the playoffs. We're, we're going in the right direction. They're going to get rid of Taylor. I was going to say, depending on what they do at quarterback, yeah. And, I, I, and the Jets. The Jets, I mean, with Bowles done an amazing job. Like, we, we've got to give them credit. So I, I agree, it's going to be very tough. But you said about Sunday, let's draw our attention back to Sunday. How's it going to play out? I know we talked about some of the applicable strengths and weaknesses, but I mean, breaking it down, guys. I mean, what do you see... I, gonna I, I, I feel for Minnesota because um, if the Eagles lose, that place is going to be destroyed by Eagles fans. Um, <laughs> I think uh, there's talks about how, well, up, how, you know, how upward and serious the Eagles fans are. And uh, true, true. But I mean, look, I mean, they, they can't influence what's on the field. So on the I, field, I think it'll just come down to the pressure that the Eagles put on Brady. If they can do what, if they can do what the Jags couldn't do, which is keep it up for four full quarters and really get at Brady. And I do think you need a couple of interceptions against the man. I think the Eagles could do it. Now, that's dependent on Foles, of course, not throwing any pick sixes, not throwing any major, I suppose, mess-ups and just playing a sensible game and getting down the field. I would, I want the Eagles. I would just love the Eagles to win. I really would. Just anyone but the Patriots. I'd be interested to see in the first quarter how they approach Foles in terms of are yeah. they going to go with the game management that they went with against the Falcons? Are they going to have enough faith and say, you know what, you've done it against Vikings who arguably are a much mm-hmm. better defence than... Yeah what the Patriots are with all due respect oh absolutely so, no, so, I'd agree but then uh, there's a lot of that stem to the fact that the Matt they're comfortable they're at home and you yeah, know yeah so so it's in a Super Bowl scenario different. so I would hope that they'll just tell him you know go out there let it fly do what you've been doing uh, do what you did in the last game because if they try and change it too much 
and then let, now Nick Foles doesn't seem like the sort of guy that's going to let the pressure get to him. He seems like a fairly level-headed um, guy. Listen to his very boring uh, post-match um, conference uh, after the win, but like I, w- I would hope he'd get to go out and play the game that he played against the they, did, they didn't have too many games this season, and thirteen and three record they had. But of those thirteen wins, there wasn't a lot. Uh, there wasn't a lot tight of tight games. games. And even the ones that were tight towards the back end of the season, they were playing against a poor Raiders team. They won seventeen ten. The game was comfortable. It didn't look like a seventeen ten game. The other ones, they they blew a lot of teams away. I believe with Carson Wentz quarterback, and yeah. the offense was firing. Um, Falcons I, game. I, I just don't see how. And it's just a lot of averages that we want, we're so used to with with the Patriots. If it stays close and it gets to the fourth quarter, I just see Brady. Again, making the right decisions, making the right the decisions. Right and I, that's where I believe Foles won't make the right decisions because I'll see in the fourth quarter <coughs> that Patricia will dial it up, put pressure on Foles, and that's where I can see an interception here or there. The, yeah. the, the thing that makes me intrigued about Foles is I think he's so much a confidence quarterback. And actually, you remember the very first play of the Atlanta game? It was, uh, you know, big, big play action pass down the field, and they got a lucky pass interference call. It was 20 yards. Back on the on the road. Oh yeah, no, no, it was it was ridiculous throw, and and it didn't work. But the idea is, I think they did that, and they called that to get him going against the Vikings. They called a couple of big plays, and he connected, and you could almost see the enthusiasm, the confidence surging in relation to him. I the I can see a situation as well where from the Eagles side, how I see the Eagles win. Um, and again, I know I've harped on about it, and you probably think I'm doing that because the Giants beat the Patriots. I'm not. I see a situation. No, it's the mechanism to beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl. You're yeah. absolutely right to harp on about it. Left. Let Foles have the ball last and not, not Tom Brady. Get yourself in a situation where you have the ball at the end and you need a field goal or a touchdown to win because if Foles can't air it out, as you said, about defences getting tired in the fourth quarter, I'd expect the Patriots' defence to be tired come the fourth quarter. And we've seen before where the, the Patriots' secondary come late in games, gets exposed. And uh, if it wasn't for that great Gilmore play, who knows what would have happened in that particular drive. So get themselves in a situation to have an opportunity to win the game at the end and have the ball. Like that's what the two things that Giants did in those Super Bowls. They made sure that Pat Manning had the ball at the end and not Brady. Uh, I was going to correct you on that. Well, they yes. did. They didn't because I was going to say. But they left. It, it's the remarkable thing about Brady Belichick Super Bowls. The only Super Bowl really where they didn't have it, except for catching an interception yeah. and him down, was the Eagles Super Bowl because even the Giants ones. Yeah. But they left him with only thirty-two seconds and they left him with only a in, minute in the end zone. You know, it was it was a bit too difficult. But like yeah. that's that's yeah, I I think that's a good approach and I think it would work. I think I, I think the Eagles need to come out guns blazing for the first two quarters. They need to really get out there and score and outscore. Similar to what the Jags did in the, in the game against the Page, they need to set up the score. If well, like we it, saw that last year with the Falcons, we thought they'd done exactly that. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 but I think this is a slightly different game because the Eagles did it against Vikings and just the Vikings had no answer come halftime. They didn't score anything in the the third or fourth quarter. I wouldn't see the Eagles collapsing the way the Falcons collapsed last year. No. I really couldn't. Not with that defense. I think like if you put the defense together of last year's defense, Falcons. Uh, I, I, I'll be honest. It's going to be a tight game. It's go- I, I don't see it being a blowout by either side. I do think the Patriots' defense can be marched on. I do think the Patriots' offense can be got to, and particularly with the interior pressure. Um, but I think, I think, I think a, Patriots I think will be good enough to keep it close. I think um, it'll be a high-scoring game, though. I do think so. I think the over under is forty eight. Forty eight. I'm uh, actually I'm actually leaning towards under. Yeah, I'm, so I, am I. I, I. I like the over on it. I think I, th- I think okay. it could be good. So it's one. nice that we're all consistent there. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, I, I. It's gonna be. It's gonna be tight. Uh, the Patriots will have to find a way to deal with the interior pressure. David Andrews is undersized as a centre, and it's worked before. How much their running backs going to have to play? Uh, Amendola won't be a surprise. Hogan hasn't stepped up. If Gronk is there, how do the Eagles defend him? Borkhead is an interesting one. 
Burkhead is a very interesting one. I think he could be a little bit of an X factor in terms of he hasn't been in the scheme for a while, yeah. hasn't been playing for a while, as long as he's fit. I mean, he had one uh, rush on an end around, I think, in the uh, Titans game and then probably got injured again for uh, the rest of the game. Um, but he can line up as a runner and a receiver um, and, and certainly had a couple of good games come playing from the slot, actually, uh, and, and showed that with the Bengals before. Uh, it's not a foregone conclusion. Past performance doesn't guarantee future delivery. And whilst there's a mystique around the Patriots, it is just that. It's a mystique. Um, they haven't played the NFC uh, East at all this season. They haven't played the Eagles. They haven't played a lot of common opponents. So how exactly the two styles will mesh up is a little bit uncertain. And you can but argue that the Eagles have had a, a albeit the boat end of 13 and 3. The NFC is far more competitive than, yeah. and I like than that's the NFC. The Vikings, the Saints, the best teams this year have come from the NFC. And I would go as far as say, if Wentz was fit, the Eagles should be favoured by four or five points. They wouldn't be because of the mystique and the seven Super Bowls and all this jazz. Well, but we it, say it that, doesn't but like matter. It, it, it would be the best the, team. We say that, but at the moment in Vegas, all the money's pouring on the Eagles. Yeah. The Eagles started out around 9-4, to 5-2, give or take. They're now into 7-4. to four. We touched on earlier, the handicap was 5.5 and, and went to 4.5. Um, they're saying by Sunday it's going to be 3. As a, as a, a non-neutral, because I have no time for either of them, it's what they call the uh, team the team you hate the most against the fans you hate the most. In mm-hmm. The Eagles aren't that's, really a That's a nice way of putting it, yeah. The Eagles aren't the most receptive of fans, and uh, it's very difficult for me to pa- Patriots, Cowboys, Super Bowl, or Patriots-Eagles? What's worse? Um, it's it's a toss-up for me. It's it's the Eagles against yeah, okay. the Patriots. Um, and uh, You know what it's like to be a Jets fan for those two Super Bowls in 07 and 11, yeah? Yeah, yeah. I suppose that's one way of looking at it. <laughs> but um, as as the NFL, NFL fan inside me, as the week goes on and we get close to the game, I am starting to really look forward to what should be a fantastic Super Bowl. Um, are we going to go? You want me to give a prediction? Well, yeah, I do. Okay. Um, are you going to go with a 27-17 Patriots win? They win and cover, uh, and the the under by quite a few points. They win first touchdown. Stick with Blunt. I'll be. Mm-hmm. I don't have them winning. Uh, MVP. Grunk, 20 to 1. Okay. Gordo? Oh, I... Uh, I want the... Uh, as much as I want the Eagles to win, there's just something. It's Tom Brady against Nick Foles. And it's... Uh, I'm just going to go... Yeah, I'm going to go for the Eagles. Um, I'm going to... Score? I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. Um, I think I'm going to go with 28, 21. And see where we get there. See, the two of you made the same mistake. The, the Patriots will not win a Super Bowl with past performance ending to go by by seven or ten points. No Super Bowl they've been in with the Brady Belichick era if they won or lost by more than I four. Know, I know the stats. Except for, for the uh, Old Falcons overtime game. I do think it's going to be close. Um, I don't... I'm not confident about it. Look, I'm a fan. At the same time, I'm going to be rationally worried about it until the game kicks off and then drink too much and scream at the television and shout various obscenities at referees. Uh, but other than that, I think the Patriots won't cover, but they will win 28-24, mirror the Seattle result they might from cover, a couple of years ago. They might cover ago. come Sunday when all the money keeps piling on the, on the Eagles and, and it's down and to, to be three honest points. With you, from, a, from a betting point of view, I fully understand why people would be betting on the Eagles because I think the spread is wrong and I don't think the Eagles deserve that amount of but mistreatment. And as I said earlier on, I think they're all betting on the Eagles because they're they're so high on the fact of how fouls delivered against the Vikings and how the team delivered. And But I still 
from that game, I feel there was a serious letdown on the Viking side because of, because of the yeah. week they had before with the big win against the Saints. I still keep going back to that game where they played at home to and the Falcons. And, and the, the Falcons should have beaten them. And the Patriots can be down by 10 or 14 points, but they won't fold. And I mean, yeah. that's the one thing. Like uh, even 10 points, sorry to cut across, even people saying, oh, they came back from 10 points. It was not, 10 points isn't a big margin in, in, in NFL. No, ten points in the fourth quarter is a decent margin, Brian. Like they, they, they still give credence yeah. to the comeback. Um, yeah, look, Tom Brady MVP, fifth MVP, sixth ring overall. I think if the Patriots win, it's going to be very hard for them not to give it to Brady, just purely because it's Brady and purely because he would have done something. You could say it would be a gimme like Manning's was in '06 when he didn't deserve the MVP, but he was given it regardless. Um, but I think particularly with the kind of the whole era and the ethos around the team of kind of this could be the end and they might not be back here again, etc. I, I, I think there might be a bit of a sentimental if if they pull it out. Was, it would not surprise me for the Eagles to win this game. And a lot of people are trying to make a big deal about the difference in experience. You know, Brady's been to seven Super Bowls across the whole Philadelphia roster. There's only seven Super Bowl appearances and three of them well, with the Patriots, blunt by two and long by one. You know what I mean? Yeah. That, I that's meaningless. That pales into insignificance comes on. Yeah, well, 100%. It doesn't matter how many times they've been there before. I don't think the Eagles are going to collapse. I think greatest respect for Doug Peterson. And I think it's going to be a cracker. I can't wait. I mean, you know, I want the right result. Don't get me wrong, but I can't wait. I think it's going to be a great game. What did you say? 28-24, Pats. Okay. Be an interesting, interesting weekend. We look forward to recounting it next week. We do, we do indeed. And for anybody just doubting the greatness of Tom Brady, just want to repeat my seventy-five percent stat for you that you're going to be delighted by. So, I'm going to enjoy this because it could be the last season. Sixteen seasons as starter, he's made the championship game in twelve of those seasons. Out of those twelve appearances, that's seventy-five percent. Out of those twelve appearances, he's won eight of them, so that's seventy-five percent. And if he wins his sixth Super Bowl wing, ring out of eight appearances, that'll be six wins. That'll be 75%. So the maths is with me, I'm reckoning, for that purpose, for Brady to win his sixth Super Bowl and ring. And I, I have to watch this game with you on Sunday night. You do have to watch this game with me, and I apologise in advance. I can imagine if the Giants make it again one day, you won't come out with me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I think one of my all-time worst feelings was in the Woolshed in 2007, the Pats... Giants, or 2008, obviously, yeah, but yep. uh, uh, that that was hurtful. And we'll be back next week to... to go we will have to break it all down next week, guys. Uh, the thing we love uh, about the game is who knows until it's played. Obviously, we've only one game to concern ourselves with this week, but it is the big one, the big kahuna, the one that counts. And uh, we'll break it down play by play, all the fun, all the games, all the controversy in relation to it, as I'm sure there will be some. Uh, we won't talk about bloody Super Bowl commercials or anything stupid like that. It will be all about the football. Um, but, uh, yeah, any other bets, Gordo, for us or anything else you want to add before we close up? Our last pre-game show of the season, if you like. Um, I think the over-unders on the penalties... Uh, under. It, unders. <laughs> yeah. It's 13 and a half. Oh, under all day long. Which seems like a lot of penalties. You're really struggling. That's that's where you're going for a few bets. Yeah, well, this is make make it interesting. You know, keep keep it going for the full four uh, four quarters. I like to have something. So one of my bets could could be over very quickly. Yeah, you never true. know. Um, but yeah, now that's the only other one that I like. Uh, I've uh, I've gotten into the betting on corners in football. So like I said, you know, there's I think we'll need to ramp up the amount of bets we put out on the Twitter page this weekend. So we'll try. Uh, do our yeah, best. Yeah, throw a few good, more out there. Good value as well. Uh, Brady for MVP. 
Yeah, he's eight to thirteen. There's no value. I think, as I said earlier, I got on him at well three to one. I think. Oh, it was in one. terms of the MVP for the season. Yeah. Do you think do he's going to win it? Yeah, I do think he'll win it. Certainly, you know, at the awards ceremony. But had a look today, and doesn't seem to be any bookies willing to give a price now. So I was hoping I would have saw some even money and jumped on that, but <laughs> doubled up before Sunday, and then obviously firing on the Patriots minus three and a half or four and a half, but not to be. Um, we'll pick out some decent bets. Um, the Gronk won a twenty to one for MVP. The reason being. With the concussion and all, if he does come back and has a good game and scores a couple of touchdowns, this is an argument why. Yeah, where yeah. he wasn't going to play. And, and as I said, if you like, if you like the Pats to win, doubling it up, bringing it up to two to one with something like Amadola plus fifty yards or White plus five receptions or something like that, I, I think is an interesting bet. Well, Certainly gr- the touchdown and the Patriots win anytime is two to one. That's value. I I actually well, you see, this is the thing. I've predicted a 28-24, so I'm predicting effectively a four touchdown game. Um, I remember watched it with you, Brian, the uh, Seattle Patriots Super Bowl a few years ago. Oh, yeah. When we were all debating beforehand, you know, Amendola anytime touchdown. No, Amendola we won on the, Edelman. the yards. Edelman. Uh, Edelman anytime touchdown. Someone else we were with was on LaFell anytime touchdown. We were on a Gronk anytime touchdown call. And, uh, we had that by halftime. We had all three. Like we, yeah. so we, we didn't have we had the Gronk one by halftime, but everybody's bets came up. It was a it was a lovely betting night. So let's hope for all our listeners that and, they and have a lovely betting night as well. Just on that, you're talking about quarterback sneaks. Um, yeah, I always like this when he's on both. Um, Brady's ten to one or nine to one just to score a touchdown anytime. Yeah, um, and Fowles he tends to do a quarterback sneak as well. He's around ten or twelve to one as well. So I mean, you could you could play on both of them and might get a bit of, might get a return if one of them comes in. Absolutely, no. I think it's it's well worth it, and and Brady does go for the rushing touchdowns, particularly in the postseason, because it's all on the line. Right, um, that's us for this week. Looking forward to the Super Bowl. Lots of great places to to watch it all around Dublin, all around Ireland. Wishing all the listeners they enjoy the Super Bowl as well, and we have a great game to enjoy and talk about next week. Uh, but for now, this has been the Irish NFL podcast, brought to you in association with the Forty Two and it's goodbye from Gordo. Goodbye. Goodbye from Brian. Goodbye, enjoy the game. And it's goodbye from me. Goodbye.